Well, well, well. Look who's back once again for another episode of Alex Listens, the podcast about philosophy, politics, race, and mental health. This is your host, Alex Hamo. Today, I'm going to be talking about the metaverse, and I'm going to ask a number of very simple questions which have extraordinarily profound and alarming and concerning answers. Question one is obviously going to be the definitional question. What exactly is the metaverse? Because everyone's throwing this term around And I don't really think anyone knows what they're talking about. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I've watched a few YouTube videos. I know what's up. Then I'm going to ask two very important ethical questions. Is the metaverse a good thing? Is the metaverse a bad thing? And I guess in answering both of these questions, I'm going to look at some of the political consequences and some of the current political things that are happening in the metaverse. Is it going to be a place for political emancipation? Or is it going to be a place for the recreation of identical power structures which are going to subordinate people at the bottom and lift up people at the top? That's the subject matter for today's episode. Before we get into today's episode, a few quick things to mention. First of all, I teach a beginner's philosophy course and it begins next week in the middle of February. The first class is on February 15 uh, and there are two classes running each week. One on Tuesday nights, one on Wednesday nights, 6.30pm until 8.30pm Melbourne, Sydney time. Um, And in these classes, you will learn a lot about what philosophy is, uh, existentialism, political philosophy, language, meaning, identity, power, colonialism, feminism, consciousness, free will, responsibility, ethics, all kinds of things. And the, the course is totally beginners friendly. It's pay what you can afford. It's online and the classes are live. So if you'd like to enroll in the course, um, there are still a few spots left in both classes. They run for six weeks and there's a link in my bio. Next thing I need to say is that if you're enjoying any of the work I do, whether it's the podcast or my presence on social media, I would encourage you to think about supporting me uh, financially if that's something that you're able to do. And you can support me in a number of ways. Um, You can support me on Patreon. It's very easy. You click a button and it will be the equivalent of buying me a tea or a coffee once a month. And it will help me afford to keep making this content more frequently and to put more and more time into the things that I make. So there's Patreon and then there's PayPal if you're wanting to do a once-off support payment. Um, And links, obviously, for these things are in my bio. And last but not least, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram at AlexListens and also on TikTok at AlexListens. And one last thing that I need to mention, whichever podcast platform you're on, can you please leave me a five-star review if that's what you think the podcasts were? Anyway, enjoy the episode. I hope you're well. Okay, the metaverse. What is it? Let's begin by asking the most simple question, which is actually not very simple, but it's a conceptual question. So conceptually, what is the metaverse actually referring to? I think the metaverse refers to something very simple, a world within a world or a world about a world. And so I guess one way to conceptualize what the metaverse is is by viewing it as a layer. So you have your base reality, which presumably is this one, the one we're currently in. And the metaverse is the thing you step into while you are currently in the base reality. You know, you put on your Oculus Rift uh, headset and you are suddenly in Paris walking under the Eiffel Tower with your little batons that allow you to move your arms. So 
this is the metaverse. It's this abstraction that we can access from our physical body. Um, it's a different physical environment that is, you know, currently being virtually propagated. So yes, this is what the metaverse is. And today our technology is quite constrained. So we don't actually have a very sophisticated metaverse that exists. Um, I haven't actually been on the metaverse, but I've watched a lot of people on it. And what have I seen them do? Well, I've seen them socialize. I've seen them go to gigs and concerts. Justin Bieber put on a concert in the metaverse. Uh, I've seen people work, you know, there's like video conferencing, Zoom calls that you can take, but instead of sitting in front of your tiny computer screen, you have your big headset on and, you know, you can kind of look around, you can guide your head around this kind of thing. Um, and everyone is represented by a little avatar character. Uh, and this is fine. Uh, it's quite strange, you know, reducing an entire identity to a little abstracted avatar. But, you know, ultimately, how is this different from social media? Um, a lot of our communication is done via things like emoji and via little text messages, um, which are just words on a screen. And so ultimately, you know, an avatar actually is quite a substantial improvement from um, words on a screen or a little emoji because I guess it is more engaging and it does move and you know um, I imagine that as technology evolves the avatars are also going to evolve and so you'll have you know face tracking so the avatar's mouth moves you know it's going to track your head gestures um, I'm sure it does this already at some basic level but the avatars are pretty lo-fi as far as I've seen okay so there's like a very simple kind of grounding in terms of what the metaverse actually is. Now, I actually didn't spend much time unpacking what it is conceptually. Um, I said at the beginning that a metaverse refers to a world within a world or a world about a world. And I actually think the philosophy of the metaverse is a lot more interesting than the kind of current technological status of the metaverse as a kind of grand financial and economic ambition by big companies such as Meta, aka Facebook, um, and other companies that have invested very heavily in creating a virtual reality. Um, so conceptually, the metaverse represents something very beautiful, in my opinion. It represents, and I'm not talking about Facebook's metaverse, okay? I'm talking about a world within a world. You know, think about how many things we do in our lives in order to escape our current reality. We read, we socialize, we run, um, we exercise, we listen to music, we eat, we sleep. Um, you know, there are many things we do in order to kind of pull ourselves out of this reality or to give ourselves a break from this reality. Um, and one very unfortunate thing that has happened is that people, you know, social media has become so addictive that that has become one of the ways that people try to exit this reality by spending hours on TikTok or on Instagram. And, you know, I'm guilty of this as well. Um, and I imagine the metaverse for people who are very addicted to their phones, the metaverse is going to provide a more immersive and rich cognitive experience that isn't as um, kind of disembodying and kind of disassociative as the doom scroll. Um, 
because, you know, it requires a lot more, it seems like it requires a lot more attention. Um, it doesn't feel as though you can be as catatonic when you're interacting with a world within a world. Okay, so let's spend a bit of time thinking about this concept, the world within a world. What does this actually mean? So one thing that it might mean, one thing that it might do asking this question, what is a world within a world? One thing this might do is challenge our conception of what is real. Now, there's a lot of philosophy that is done on reality. What is reality? What are the kind of key components of a real experience? Um, you know, how do we distinguish between reality and dreaming? Um, and the world within a world kind of makes this question, how do we determine what is real? It makes this more complex because all of a sudden, when you are, when you're presumably in your base reality, but you're existing in your current, your body in the present is existing in a virtual world and engaging in a virtual world. You know, I'm, I'm certain that if you're spending a lot of time in a world within a world, after a while, it's going to feel very real. Um, and you may forget that you're actually contained in a body that is elsewhere in a different world. Um, and so this is a very interesting kind of conundrum. Um, is it bad for us to be leaving this body behind when we go into the metaverse? Is it bad for us to be projecting ourselves very far away elsewhere? Um, is that actually something that we should value? And this is where it's going to be helpful to think about or to talk about some of the things that one can do in today's metaverse. What can you do in today's metaverse? As I said, you can attend Zoom meetings, you know, you can socialize, you can go to concerts, but you can also do much more. You can work, you can earn money. And this is one of the most interesting political consequences, in my opinion, that we have seen so far in the metaverse. So, as I said, you can earn money in the metaverse. There is a game called Axie Infinity. Funny name, I believe it's spelled A-X-I-E, Infinity. And it's a play to earn game. So I believe if, if you win the game, you know, it's some kind of, um, uh, what would be an equivalent? Um, uh, it's, it's one of those games where, you know, you click on a screen and like you cast a spell and then you take turns like you cast it's kind of like pokemon you cast you like have your move and then the, the opponent has their move and like whoever like is more powerful or whoever does more damage wins and when you win you are rewarded when you win you receive a token um or x number of tokens and when you and you can convert these tokens to dollars real dollars and you can cash them out and already we're see we are seeing very interesting things. For example, um, in certain developing countries, people who are playing Axie Infinity, this game that I've mentioned, they are already earning more than the average wage in the country by playing a game in the metaverse. So there, at least very early on, it seems like it's going to be a great tool for financial emancipation. I imagine that you know, it's relatively safe. You can do it just by like being on your phone. Um, you just like, I guess you need a power supply and cellular reception, and then, you know, you have an income and it doesn't require a tertiary education. It kind of dissolves all of these barriers which are in place and often prevent people from 
getting access to financial means or, or income. So this is one very interesting thing that I have seen so far um, and one interesting product that has emerged out of the metaverse. So there's this, the capacity to generate an income which we are already seeing and which we are, which seems to be a very important thing that is happening in the developing world where the average income is very low. However, there are many negative features of the metaverse. And I think, okay, actually, before I get onto the negative features, I'm going to talk about another positive feature. So I was recently having a conversation about virtual garments and what this will mean for fashion and for image and for representation. And so, you know, you want to get that new Balenciaga top and it costs $1,000 and you're like, damn, I don't have $1,000. But all of a sudden you have an avatar in the metaverse who is able to rent a Balenciaga top for $1 per day. And you don't need to go to a shop. You don't need to leave your house in the real world. Um, you just like go to a store in the metaverse, click rent Balenciaga top and you've got the top for a dollar. So there's this kind of stuff. It seems like conceptually the metaverse is going to be a place where size and body shape and body image and all of these kinds of things and branding and the power behind branding, all of these things are being called into question. And it seems like so long as it's safeguarded and guided by the right people, which I, <laughs> I doubt it's going to be because who's putting all the money into the metaverse? It's Mark Zuckerberg. Um, it seems like there is potential for there to be another form of great political emancipation and kind of uh, social equalizing in the metaverse by making things more readily available, having another opportunity to reconsider the cost of products, um, the cost of uh, consumer goods, because consumption is going to be very different in the metaverse, right? Like, uh, why would your avatar need to eat? Why would your avatar need to sleep? You know, in that reality, in the metaverse reality, um, what your avatar isn't going to have biological needs unless it's kind of designed to brief side note. This reminds me of a story that I recently read by an American author called Ted Chang. And he wrote a book of short stories, which was called Exhalation. Um, the stories drag on a bit, but the underlying philosophical questions and sci-fi worlds that he develops prompt us to ask very big questions. For example, what is the value of a virtual life? What is the value of um, a robot life and this kind of thing? So the book's called Exhalation. Author is called Ted Chan. Watch me, dude. Watch me. Back to the metaverse. Okay, so, so far we've considered two potential positives of the metaverse. So the first possible pro of the metaverse is that it can be a space for people to access work and employment in a much more equitable and fair way than in this world, um, where you are not having to fight against social or geographical stratification. You don't have to travel on public transport to get to work, this kind of thing. 
um, there's this. And then there is uh, the second thing I spoke about, which is the kind of accessibility to consumer goods. Um, and so in the metaverse, you know, some very important things to think about are what will status look like? What will class look like? Because it seem, I think there is a real capacity for these things to be totally rewritten. And on that note, I, I think that ultimately the thing that I'm most fearful of in our transition into the metaverse and investing in the metaverse by big tech companies, one of my greatest fears is that we are just going to recreate the exact same political structures that we have today in our world, which promote inequality and injustice. And why do I say this? Well, for example, Snoop Dogg has a house in the metaverse and, you know, he holds private gigs there, little concerts, this kind of thing. Someone recently paid $500,000 to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor. Um, to buy a kind of an adjacent block of land. So already we are seeing the creation of a class structure where, you know, if you want to be proximal to certain things, you need to have the cash. Um, I read an article about a gigantic Canadian uh, real estate investment company who bought a few million dollars worth of land in the metaverse. Um, and so there's this kind of thing that's already happening. Um, and this is obviously very concerning because like, you know, we've learned about the perils of colonialism. Um, and, you know, if the lines between existing in a virtual world and in a real world aren't very clear, we should be very careful about how we allow ourselves to engage with this new world because we don't want to reproduce colonialism. We don't want to reproduce enslavement. Um, we want political emancipation and liberation. Um, okay, so that's a potential con of the metaverse that we are going to see an identical recreation of late capitalism. Um, which is going to alienate and marginalize and segregate. So to kind of bring all of this back together, on one hand, I can see how the metaverse is extraordinarily promising and how in terms of socializing and access and talking to family and friends, it is going to be the, it is going to be the future of, of social media. For example, Instagram won't be contained to a small phone. It will be contained to your entire, it will be expanded to your entire visual field. And I suppose something to think about is that when you are engaging with the metaverse, you are engaging with it virtually. And I suppose here we need to ask one of the most important ethical questions of all. What is the value of a life? Um, is the value of a life in the real world more than the value of a life in a virtual world? Um, should we be investing in the real world or should we be investing in the virtual world? And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about existentially, our own cares? Um, should we even care about developing a character in the metaverse? Should I even care about developing a presence on social media? This kind of thing. All these questions are so interlinked. And so to conclude, ultimately, I do not believe that the metaverse will be extraordinarily different from our current circumstances. TikTok and Instagram are so immersive. When we engage with these platforms, we often neglect our most basic needs. We forget to breathe, we forget to stretch, we forget to eat. And, you know, we feel totally ensnared and captured by this tiny screen. And now maybe if we have a headset on and, you know, 
we're not contained to an entire screen, but we're looking at an, an entire virtual landscape, maybe that will mean that all the kind of physical neglect that we get from looking at a small screen will be amplified by a thousand percent, which, you know, is apocalyptic. And I really hope that doesn't happen. But the point I'm trying to make is that we are already there. We are already inside the virtual world. Our reality is a reality within another reality. I have my real identity and I have my virtual identity. And the line between the two of them is not clear. This is not an original thought. Okay, so this was an unscripted and rudimentary insight into what the metaverse is, what it can potentially be, whether it's good or bad, and what some potential consequences of it are. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting my work. You can do so via Patreon or via PayPal, and there'll be links to both in the bio. Otherwise, please follow me on social media, at AlexListens on TikTok, at AlexListens on Instagram and at AlexListens on YouTube. Otherwise, please leave a favorable review on whatever podcast streaming platform you're using. I wish you all the best. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode of AlexListens.